There's a movie from way back in 1954 called Sabrina, starring Audrey Hepburn. Does anybody know that movie? Okay, I don't. Everything I'm about to say is what I got from Wikipedia uh, yesterday morning. Um, But from what I can gather, uh, it's about a young woman uh, who falls in love with a young man named David. Uh, David, of course, is quite popular. He's a bit of a playboy. He marries often, uh, divorces often. Uh, And as Sabrina is sort of uh, basking in this admiration and this love of David, uh, she says one of the most famous lines from all of cinema. She says, He doesn't even know I exist. Right, of course, that quote, that line, he doesn't even know I exist, uh, really resonates with people. In fact, it's become a bit of a cliche in movies and in in books. Uh, I actually, when I was researching the origin of the quote, I actually thought it was from one of those, uh, like, 1980s Molly Ringwald uh, movies, like Sixteen Candles or something like that. Um, and it, as I was watching it, you know, you type in, uh, he doesn't even know I exist, and you just find uh, YouTube videos of, you know, uh, high school girls, like, complaining into the camera that their crush doesn't know who they are and, and, and things of that nature. And so while this quote is often sort of used in this overly dramatized, overly dramatic way, the fact that it's resonated with so many people and it keeps coming up again and again says that there's something profound about it. Just think of a time when you were in love. And when you're in love, you very much want to be known. You want your crush to know who you are. If the person you're infatuated with send signs that you aren't interesting or aren't worth knowing, you feel deep rejection. The worst is that the person you love doesn't even know that you exist, that you're invisible to them. Right Now, we often hear it said that God loves us. It says so clearly in Scripture And we also point to evidence of all of the things that God has done for his people throughout history. But the fact that God loves us goes even deeper. It means that God wants to be known. God wants us to know him. And so it can be a little weird to think of God as a lovesick teenager. But he's somebody who's deeply in love with humanity saying, they don't even know who I am. That's the context that we should be thinking when we hear the gospel. Jesus, remember, is God's revelation. God wants us to know him, so he came down from heaven and became human. This is who we believe that Jesus is. Jesus is God. Jesus is God revealing himself to us. And so Jesus asks, 
who do people say that I am? It's like he's asking, do these people even know me yet? And the disciples respond, well, you know, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. Others say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Again, think back to that time you were in love. Imagine you're, you're at a gathering or someplace, and the person you're in love with is there. You work up the courage to say hello, to introduce yourself. And they say hello back, but they get your name wrong. Again, that would sting because it shows they really don't know your identity. Of course, this goes far beyond romantic interests. In high school, there was a teacher that I respected very much. I wanted to ask this teacher to write a letter of recommendation for me uh, for college. And when I asked him, he said, I'd be honored to, Brandon. Ouch. Ouch. It was embarrassing. My teacher, who I thought knew me, and who I thought could speak well on my behalf, didn't even know my identity, didn't even know who I was, and it stung. Again, think of this as you hear the gospel. The people did not know Jesus' identity. Some say you're John the Baptist. Ouch. Others say that you're Elijah. Oof. Others say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. I think you get the idea. So Jesus asks, Who do you say that I am? And Simon gets it right, of course. He says, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus, of course, acknowledges Simon's identity. He says, Simon, son of Jonah. But then he changes his name to Peter. Sort of gives him a new identity in relation to himself. And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. All right, Jesus established a church because he loves us. And often we think of the church, we think of of sort of the meaning of that as, okay, Jesus gave us the church because he wants to be close to us in the sacraments. That's true. He wants to sanctify us and make us holy, and he does that through the church and through the sacraments. That's true. But it's more than that. Jesus wants to be known by us. And the church retains in her memory this authentic identity of who Christ really is, of who God really is. Because remember, Jesus is, God's re- Jesus is God revealing himself to us. The church helps us know who Jesus really is. And that's very important because when we drift away from the church we run the risk of losing track of who Jesus really is. When we drift away from the church, either by like a formal schism 
where we actually leave the church and join another religion, or whether we drift away from the church just kind of informally. We might even be present in the pews, and yet our hearts and minds aren't really here. When we drift away from the church, we run the risk of losing track of Jesus' authentic identity. We run the risk of projecting a false image onto Christ. All right, the people in the gospel that Jesus is speaking to, okay, uh, not just in this gospel, not talking about his disciples, I'm speaking to the crowds of people that he spoke to. They had seen Jesus in the flesh. Many of them had spoken with him face to face. And even they didn't know who he really was. And if they struggle to know who Jesus really is, why would we think we're any better? We will struggle as well. And it's only the authentic Jesus who can really save. Our false images of Jesus that we project onto him, our own opinions of Jesus, those aren't going to save us. We need the church, all 2,000 years worth of it, to know, who God, to know God who reveals himself to us in Christ. To formally leave the church, we're going to lose some of that memory. Knowing Jesus through the church, I can tell you, is an amazing experience. It will captivate, he will captivate your attention. In the second reading, we heard St. Paul say this. He says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. There's depth there. People who, who get bored of, of God. It's evidence that they've never really encountered him as he really is. Knowing Christ authentically, he will captivate your attention. He'll bring you into an authentic love of God and help you live as Jesus lived in the world. 